Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Today's podcast is sponsored by SLI Systems, providers of intelligent site search and navigation solutions. Learn more at sli-systems.com and listen to their interviews at ecommercepodcast.com. Your path to e-commerce success starts right here. You're listening to Practical E-commerce, the podcast for e-commerce results. Welcome to another edition of Practical E-Commerce Podcast. I'm Mitch Bettis, the contributing editor for the magazine. Today, Michael Cox, one of our staff writers, speaks with Thomas Parkinson. Mr. Parkinson, along with his brother Andrew, co-founded online grocer Peapod. And in this first part of a two-part interview, uh, Mr. Parkinson goes through the evolution of the founding of that company. In particular, he talks about the challenge of creating a new idea in the late 1990s and then creating the software and infrastructure and even creating the market space for this novel idea of being able to sell groceries online. It's an interesting story, and I think it's going to be a fun one for you. I'll turn it over to Michael Cox and Thomas Parkinson. You guys are doing Peapod, which you started in uh, 89. That's or, right. That's right. Now, were you guys... I was a ripe, ripe 29 years old. You were, now, were you already grocers at that time, or were you in some other industry? Or? Well, I had worked... My first job out of college was um, in sales at P&G, Procter & Gamble. So uh-huh. I was sure. 10 to 15 grocery stores a day selling Folgers coffee. And then my brother was in marketing at Procter & Gamble, and he did various different brands, Pringles. But then he moved to, and he um, introduced Citrus Hill Orange Juice, which I don't think you can get anymore. But went down to Florida and then got a job at Crafts and moved back out to Chicago. So he went from Cincinnati to Florida to Chicago. So he was out here doing crafts. So we were both in the grocery industry for you know some time. And then I, I left P&G and went to New York City and started a software company because the, the the IBM PC came out like in you know eighty three and sure right I knew and I graduated eighty two you know computing in college back then was on a mainframe but I said oh this this looks great so I started a software company with a friend and then I sold that and then I came out to Chicago and started Peapod with my brother what what uh, sort of software were you doing it was software for executive recruiters in employment agencies and search firms, and it was oh. um, early relational database with a search engine front end, so you could you know type in all the criteria for looking for you know looking for the right candidate, then it would spit it out, and then it you know automated all the um, sending out all the referrals to all the clients and everything. So it was kind of a search engine back end plus sort of an automated back you know admin. That was uh, fairly revolutionary in the late eighties then, wasn't it? Oh, it was. I mean, we were doing um, SEO Xenix. I don't know if you remember that at oh, all. Yeah. That was the yeah. Unix running on an Intel platform and using 
relational database systems, which eventually became Informix, which then now is IBM. But so we, you know, it was all like sort of the multi-user on Unix. So at what point did you and Andrew then look at the uh, at the grocery business and and decide to apply uh, your P and PG background and then of course by then your uh, your IT background. I mean, where where yeah. did that where did that all of a sudden translate into an online grocery business? Well, first of all, when I left P and G, I said I'm not. I probably don't think I'm going back into this business. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I I did when I was doing um, the software for executive recruiters. They were all they all wanted to work at home and you know satellite offices and all that. So I was into modems really early on and bulletin uh-huh. board services and all that. So I, I learned all about that early, you know, in the early eight, you know. I mean, even, you know, it was 300-baud acoustic couplers on phones. These oh, guys wanted brutal. to, um, yeah. So I learned all about that. And then I took a, my find myself, took a year off and traveled around the world kind of thing because that was, you know, you, you got to get that out of your system. It's what you do when you're 26 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I was 28. <laughs> And so while I was doing that, my brother had just finished being on the U.S. Olympic um, windsurfing team. So oh. he was he was researching. I mean, when I left, we were looking at what do we think the 90s are going to be like, and we, we knew that it was going to be you know, serving people where the dual-income household, people at a time, and, you know, convenience service kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And so he, while he was living in um, Evanston, he took up a job working at um, Domino's just while he was trying to figure out what he was doing. So he was delivering sure. pizzas. And whenever I came to an American Express office, you know, somewhere around the world, he'd have like a different packet that he'd send me of all the research he's been doing about all the various different industries. Uh-huh. And the one that he started getting kind of warmed up about was delivering pizzas and videos. <laughs> okay. I don't, know, I don't know if I've ever really told this whole story <laughs> to any reporter, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, so... um. And so I'd arrive at these American Express offices, you know, and all the other guys, you know, wearing backpacks are like, what the heck is all that stuff? Anyway, so then my brother took a job helping this company down in southern Illinois that was creating a set-top box to put on top of your TV set with a little, you know, 8088 chip in there Uh and a a modem to do interactive TV. Okay. And so he was helping them with that, and then he started sending me that kind of information. And then I said, you know, Andrew kind of interesting, but, um, you know, we could use that kind of technology to sort of be the front-end order-taking system so you don't have to have operators, and we could do this pizza and video thing, you know, where, you know, people just order it on a bulletin board or on interactive TV. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, a lot more people have modems and PCs probably than this box. Maybe we ought to look at that. And then we started, um, that kind of put us down this angle of saying, well, we should be looking more at this online world. So we started researching that, and we, you know, we then we we saw Prodigy. His Prodigy was out at that point. Um, AOL was still. Um, they weren't called AOL. They were called. Um, oh gosh. Uh, I don't remember either. And all of a sudden, Quantum, what it was. Quantum. Quantum, I think. Yeah. I think Quantum. So um, we started looking at. Well, maybe we should create an online mall, like you know, start selling stuff on this because there wasn't there wasn't a lot going on. There was bulletin boards, people doing more like Craigslist kind of stuff, but uh-huh. nobody was really, you know, doing e-commerce. So we started looking at what would be the concept of starting a mall online of all these different things you could sell. And then, then we started thinking, well, anchor tenant of a mall is grocery delivery, and if you can get people to order the groceries, then you can also sell them all this other stuff. 
And in fact, if we can do grocery delivery, we could probably get all the CPG companies to start advertising, and we could, you know, make money on that side too. So my brother did a simple test where he he shopped his own order running around the um, grocery store, and it took him only 15 minutes. So he used that as his initial uh, pr- your, your initial cost basis. Yes, <laughs> I can't believe how wrong he was. <laughs> The original business model was based on, like, dropping an order in 15 minutes. Oh, Believe me, it funny. takes a lot longer than that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not to mention the transportation. Yeah, um, that, that truck. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you the long story. But anyway, okay. so um, we started um, you know, sort of fleshing out that idea and decided, well, this could be it. And, of course, we, we thought maybe we'd sell books. My mother said nobody would, my mother, who was a librarian, said nobody would ever buy a book online. So we said, okay, we won't do that. We'll sell groceries. <laughs> now, Mom was wrong, too, then, too. <laughs> I could kill her. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So anyway, we raised, um, this is actually funny. So, okay, so we came up with this idea. We, we named the company Peapod. Because we thought, you know, selling vegetables and, you know, it's kind of got that kind of apple feel, lots of fun marketing. It's got so a nice get to it. Yeah. So we put together this presentation and we presented to um, to Dominic's Food out here in Chicago. And they were like, well, this is good. This is, what the, who, what is this? <laughs> but anyway, so they, they said we'd be interested. So we said, okay. So we went back out to Chicago, uh, New York where I had, we grew up. So we had a place to stay in my parents' house. Yeah. And we started building a prototype, and then we, you know, had put our business plan together and started, you know, to raise money with um, people, and basically friends and family. And to be honest, nobody had any idea what we were talking about. Oh no, I'm sure. Now this would have been what 88. This would be 88. Yeah, yeah. 88 into 89, and then you know, yeah, because we opened our first first customer was July 5th, 1990. Oh, okay. So we, but we raised the twenty-five from friends and family. My father says, "I don't know what you guys are doing, but you're yeah. my son, so I gotta." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we we um we got into this Northwestern University incubator in Evanston, Illinois, oh, and we yeah. um hired a pro- another programmer. So I wrote the back end systems, and he was writing the front end system, and we got the thing done by July fifth. And our first customer was Jerry Perlman from Zenith. Well, I think it's wonderful you remember him. Oh, yeah. I assume Jerry was a him. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, and the funny thing was, you know, this is where we really learned a lot because so I shopped the order, and my brother made the delivery. And right from the start, I, you know, he had ordered, like, Diet Coke two-liter bottles, and I thought I had it, I, you know, it was like 25 of them. And um, he, when my brother got to the door, the, the the help because it was like the big electronic gate opening up. It's like oh my god. Anyways, I had picked the caffeine free or something. <laughs> oh no! So that's where we realized this is a tough business. Yeah. You, you, now, you, now where 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 was were you actually shopping in 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 oh yeah we retail with Jewel, store with Jewel Foods. Oh, Jewel. Chicago. Okay, sure. Yeah, we we somehow cut a deal with them last minute, and um, they let us do an electronic feed to their pricing system, so we could have the real pricing online. Uh huh. And so our pricing was exactly what was in the store that we were picking from. And uh, you know, our first like um, we had about a thousand customers after about four or five months. Wow. So it was Evanston was a great test market because university now, now, town. I have know. to ask you, how much money did you lose on Jerry? Uh, 
leave. I mean, we okay. So the story gets funnier. So we call, we call the number that he, you know, put up. Well, back then you had to fill out a paper form, and we would enter it into the database. Right. Okay. But anyway, so we call that number, and the secretary answers, and she says, "Well, um, can you hold? He's in the middle of a board meeting." <laughs> so she goes into the board meeting to find out what we should do about the 25 two-liter bottles of Coke or whatever. So anyway. Oh, that's funny. Um, but anyway, so that, that's sort of how it all kind of got started. And, you know, it was very grassroots, and um, there was no model to follow from, and we were just making it up as we went. Well, that's the interesting thing when I, I talk to people like yourselves who've been in it as, in, as long as you have, and, and you've been in it as long as anybody, that there, there just, uh, Bob Parsons told me the same thing, you know, in his GoDaddy. There was no model to go by. You just, it was seat of the pants, and you yeah. you did what you thought was right, and oftentimes you were very, very wrong. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we built our business picking in stores. So at one point we had um, 50, we were picking in 50 retail stores, and then we realized that the model was broken because we couldn't scale it anymore. Oh, okay. That's when we realized we had to switch to warehouses. And um, that was a very painful, you know, we had just gone public. Now you're under pressure, and we got to completely change your logistics model. So you, you know, at that point, you had to actually become brick and mortar as well as online. Right, because before that, we had no inventory. We had no real estate. You know, we just went into these stores. And we had major operations in these stores. Yeah. I mean, we were overrunning these stores, and it was one of the biggest problems we had was our out of stock level was around 10% because these Ooh. stores and they by the way regular retail runs around 10%. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the biggest dissatisfier we had and the only we knew the only way we could control that is if we had our own facilities. But, you know, meanwhile you're public, you got to hit your numbers and, and you suddenly, you know, you look around and go, so um who knows about warehouses and, you know, full-scale transportation because we were doing the Domino's pizza model where we were using drivers cars and everything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And we got ourselves up to about sixty-five million in sales just doing that. And how long did and that take? That took eight years. Eight years. Okay. Yeah. So we're so we're now into the uh, toward the late nineties. Ninety-seven. Yeah, that's about ninety-seven. Yeah. That's it for the first installment of a two-part series with a podcast with Thomas Parkinson. Be sure to download the second installment, which Mr. Parkinson outlines their struggles and how they survived the dot-com bust and what has really led to some of their success uh, in the 16 years since the dot-com bust. Be sure to download that second edition of the interview with Mike Cox and Thomas Parkinson.